0: Welcome to the Pool Nation Podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy. Nicholas
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus, And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Every month, we have the pleasure of having Bob Lowry join us on our podcast to answer questions that are sent from you, pool guys and pool girls out there, and this week is that week. So, a big welcome to you, Bob. For those of you that know Bob, you know he's a legend in our industry. For those of you that are new to the pool industry... Bob has written 21 books on pool water chemistry, and even the manuals that IPSA uses were written by Bob. Bob is also the founder of the Pool Chemistry Training Institute. You can visit his site at PCTI.online. We'll talk about that in today's podcast. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, a podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry, but before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and PoolInvoice.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning.
2: Good morning, everyone. I've uh, I've got to ask, are you all watching Tropical Storm, I guess, Ida? It looks like it's going to be a pretty big storm, potentially a hurricane, and hopefully it loses some steam, but I'm not sure that it will. And my question is: is is this going to cause any more issues in our industry when it comes to uh, product shortages and things like that?
1: Yeah, you know, it's something that's been talked about. And we had Chris on last week, we asked, what are some of the things that can bring a little bit more chaos into our chaotic industry? And that's one of the things that he talked about. He talked about, you know, the, the, the gulf down there and having another disruption. So, I think we all need to definitely keep an eye on that and, and see how that trajectory is going. Bob, good morning. Bob Bob was on mute.
3: I'm on mute? You were on mute. Wow. Okay, well, thanks a lot for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's good to see I'm not the only one, Bob.
3: Wow. Well. So how are you doing? Okay, so am I, am I unmuted now? <laughs> you, you are, you are. Well, good morning, everyone. Buenos dias.
1: <laughs> Guys, for everybody out there wondering, John is out today. And for all of you that have been watching the Instagram Lives and the live podcast, John has a ritual, which is a skincare routine, Bob. And so he kind of does all this skin care so that he can look, you know, really good on the screen. So he called me today and he said, Hey, I can't be, you know, I got some things going on. So Zach and I did some research, Bob, and technically what it is, is he's actually meeting with a company. And he's working on his skincare product called Flawless Skincare. So he's having these high-level meetings today because what he wants to do, Bob, is he wants to put out a line of skincare products for the pool pros out there. So, <laughs> so, just, I see. Uh, so John, so um, John, I hope those business meetings go well and that you can, you know, close on a deal. Um, if you need me, Zach or Bob, to kind of jump in and give any, you know, feedback to them, we're we're here for you, right, Zach.
2: I just want to remind you, John, that uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to issue one attendance point for this. So if you have any questions or anything, just contact HR. They'll be able to answer any of your questions.
1: Everybody listening out there, the truth was he got called from a vacation rental that they were having an Airbnb that they were having a check-in. And of course, it was across town. So he's like, by the time I get out there, I don't think I'll be back on time. So. All right, guys, before we get started today, I want to talk about the date of our next training, and that's going to be September 18th, and that is the financial training that we do. And here is a big reason why you should take this class, and we will talk about this, guys. We'll do some more detailed conversation, but prices on chemicals are going up, product prices on manufacturers are going to be going up again. We're, We're kind of starting to see that come so this is why it's so important to take this business class, because what it's going to do is it's going to tell you exactly what your cost of service is. When you enter all your expenses, you do the training. At the end of the training, you're actually going to have all those numbers. You're going to know exactly how profitable you are. You're going to know how much you need to raise those rates to be able to you know, be profitable and stay in business. So we kind of go through you know, the different metrics that we created. We talk about the common reasons why businesses fail. We talk about insurance. We talk about billing software. You actually create a profit and loss. And by the end of the class, we sit there and go through a profit and loss specifically with you and your profit and loss so that we can kind of dissect it and figure out where you're at and what are the things that you need to change. So that's September 18th. If you want to register, go to... PoolNation.online and you can register there. There is a cost for the class, but there is some homework as well. So make sure that you're prepared to leave some time to create some of that homework on there. All right. So for this week's shout out, I'm going to do a couple shout outs, Zach. I'm super excited about this. And they go out to Pool Clean Family, Brianna, they go out to New Image, Ken, Ninth Island Pool, Thomas. And Zach, to be honest with you, we've kind of been doing our podcast now for a little over a year. Bob, we're in season two, episode two. We're super excited about that. And I'm starting to see, Zach, the full circle of everything that we've been talking about. And this is this is where I start to really kind of get excited and start to see that everything that we're doing is working because I talked to all three of them this week. And the biggest thing that I see is that they're having the conversations with us trying to figure out exactly where their business is when it comes to profit and numbers and wanting to elevate that. The biggest thing with all of them was trying to figure out where they are so that they can increase their rates and that they can also you know, have the terms of service, close up that route. I mean, they're, they're talking about the full cycle of everything that we've been talking about And it got me super excited because for us, we want them to become a national pool pros. And we really mean that. And I'm starting to see that full-blown conversation that is kind of coming full circle now. So I'm super, super excited about that.
2: Yeah. And I think that's awesome because I love hearing about when people start getting into the business side of things and the aha moments that start happening because I spent years just doing pools and just doing repairs and that was it. And it wasn't until years later that I started looking at the business side of things. And I feel like I'm still new to it. And I'm having these aha moments on a regular basis. But to me, this is where it gets fun, because this is where you really start seeing how you can grow your business through strategic moves and things like that. And it keeps going. right. It's not just financials. As you grow, it just never ends. So um, that's really exciting.
1: Yeah. And Bob, especially when we talk about the water chemistry side, I'm talking to all of them. And it's funny because they were all talking about, one of them was talking, you know, we're trying to get my dad to use borates and my dad's kind of old school and he's going, what is that? You know, I, I don't know what that is. And they're going, we're adding it to all of our pools and we're, and so- it was just this great conversation, Bob, where it, it, it like all kind of came together with these people. They're listening to the water chemistry side. They're listening to the business side. They're listening. So it was super, super excited, exciting to kind of hear them. And then it was like three calls back to back and they're all on the same page having the same conversation. So uh, I was super excited because that's been our goal from from day one. The other shout out that I wanted to do for today is Robert, because Robert always listens to our podcast and I kind of forget to mention him, mention him on, on here on the podcast. So Robert, big shout out to you, buddy.
2: Yeah, for sure. And we've been working with Robert since I think it was like 2015 when we started working together. And he has really helped push our company forward in so many ways. And he's really bought into the vision and our success. Um, he's helped us with our image and elevating that. And not only that, Robert's super smart about business strategy, and we talk business sometimes on a daily basis. So, uh, yes, Robert, big shout out and thank you.
1: Thanks for helping, Robert. So, first question.
2: Zach, do you want to take the first question or should I go first? No, I got it. All right, Bob. So, the first question we have today is, I'm new to the pool industry and don't really know which way to go on chlorine. I know that the chlorine shortage is an issue. But Bob, can you talk about them and the pros and cons of each type of
3: chlorine? Sure, that's a great question. Um, it would probably take me about an hour to answer that question, or maybe an hour and a half, depending on conditions. <laughs> but um, in any case, I, uh, I've been a chemist in the pool industry now for 48 years, and I'm independent. So I don't have to do what you know, the boss says, so to speak. And independently, about eight years ago, I came to the conclusion that the best chlorine you can use as a service tech is liquid chlorine. It has some advantages. It also has some disadvantages, but overall, it's the best. And the the biggest uh, characteristics are the fact that it doesn't contribute to cyanuric acid. That's number one. And Having cyanuric acid increase can become a serious problem in your pools because as the cyanuric acid increases, you need a corresponding increase in the free chlorine residual. And if you don't raise the residual as the cyanuric acid increases, you end up having algae in your pools. And, and then there's other problems. In addition, if it's growing algae, it's probably growing bacteria. Um, and then there isn't sufficient chlorine to prevent chloramine. So, um, we need to, to use liquid chlorine for that reason. The downside, of course, is that it can contribute to the total dissolved solids in the pool. But for each gallon you put in a 10,000 gallon pool, you're adding between 25 and 30 parts per million of TDS. But in the scheme of things, increasing TDS, um, you can increase it by 1,000 TDS, and it's still not much of a problem. On the other hand, if you use calcium hypochloride, which also doesn't raise the pH of the pool, you increase calcium. And for uh, calcium, for each 10 parts per million of chlorine that you add to the pool, you will add about seven parts per million of calcium. And in certain areas in the country where calcium is already a problem, uh, contributing seven ppm per week means that you're going to go up by almost 30 parts per million of calcium per month. And so that can be a, a big problem in certain areas where we've got hard water. So You could use dichlor and trichlor, but they both contain a lot of cyanuric acid and they're also much more expensive. In all the tests that I've ever taken and in all the the ways I've looked at it, if you look monetarily at uh, liquid chlorine, it is the cheapest chlorine that you can buy. And you need a way to calculate how much it really costs. And so I made a spreadsheet that is available for free. Um, that you can input your cost and the size container you buy it in, and then it will compute the actual pound of a pure pound of chlorine, and it will compare it to all the other ones if you put your prices in there. And every time I've ever checked it against any other kind of chlorine, liquid chlorine is the cheapest chlorine you can add to your pool. And in some cases, it's half as expensive as some other kinds of chlorine. So you want to you want to take a look at that and see if you're trying to save money. It's you know an important fact. There is an availability issue, obviously, but uh, and not all areas have liquid chlorine because it's expensive to ship liquid chlorine around the country. So uh, it needs to be kind of shipped near where it's made. So they may not have a manufacturer in your area, but I would at least try to avoid any chlorine that increases cyanuric acid. Just because, especially if you use trichlor, if you use that as a sole source of chlorine, for each 10 parts per million of chlorine that you add to the pool, you're going to be adding six parts per million of uh, cyanuric acid to the pool. And in a month, that will be about 25 parts per million a month. And in the scheme of things, you will need to increase the free chlorine residual in the pool by 1.5 parts per million each month if you're using trichlor as your sole source of chlorination. So if you're using two parts per million this month, you're going to need 3.5 the next month and five the next month and so on. And it gets to the point where it's kind of ridiculous because you're going to need seven or eight parts per million of chlorine in the pool. And if you're not using a type of chlorine that increases cyanuric acid, then that doesn't happen. And there's only two chlorines that do that, and that's calhypo and liquid. We used to have lithium hypochloride in our industry, but it's not sold anymore because the lithium is, is used now in lithium batteries. And so it's a better deal for manufacturers and refiners to sell lithium to battery people than it is to sell it for for making chlorine to throw in your pool so uh so they don't use it for that anymore but um anyway i think it's the best and cheapest chlorine that you can use and our program pretty much tells you to do that now let me ask you a question you were talking about
1: the that you have a a spreadsheet is that available on your pcti.online website
3: i have to say i'm not sure if not i'll make it available to you or anybody it's not Anything I'm keeping a secret, it's just a, a small spreadsheet that lists uh, 12 kinds of chlorine. And I mean, 12 kinds from the standpoint that this, there's four kinds of Cal-hypo because they're different percentages. And there's two or three kinds of of liquid chlorine and trichlor and so on. So all the chlorines that I could find are on there. And it only allows you, I've I've blanked everything out. You can only put the container size you buy and the price you paid for it. And you can put in the cost of uh, baking soda, bicarb. And that's the only three things you can put in there. And then once you do that, it will calculate the cost of a pound of pure chlorine, including the bicarb if you need it. It gives you the real cost of a pound of chlorine and you can make that comparison. It's a very small spreadsheet and I'll be glad to give it to you. I think. Or thought it was on the website. But um, if it's not, I'll put it up there. But yeah. And so you're welcome. You're welcome to use that.
1: Yeah. Anybody listening, if you go to the website, it's not there. Send us a message, edgar at poolnationpodcast.com. Hit us on Instagram and we'll make sure that you get that. But Bob, especially right now with all the prices and all, all the prices have changed for all the chemicals, I think it's a good exercise for everybody to kind of probably use that spreadsheet again and kind of plug it in. And what I like is what you're saying that. It's blocked everything out. So all you could put in is, you know, the price and the container and then it does all the math. I tried to
3: make it so you couldn't screw it up and you, you can't change anything that's important.
1: Bob, next question. And you talked about this a little bit on the Instagram Live. Your answers, I thought, were perfect, specifically asking the brand new pool guy. And that is, can you tell the new pool guy out there what should be the three top things that they focus on when they're learning water chemistry and why?
3: I think that probably the the biggest thing that you need to pay attention to is the chlorine residual in the pool. And it is important because we're talking about disease. If you don't maintain the pool correctly, somebody's going to get sick or get an infection and it's really that simple. You can get algae and aside from algae being ugly, it's not a it's not a health hazard. You know, algae is a plant. It's not going to cause a disease. So although it can, and if it gets to be big, it can uh, mask or harbor a colony of bacteria can be actually implanted into the or embedded into the, the algae. But the important thing is that you are charged with providing safe water. And people are paying you to do that. So the number one priority for you is maintaining safe water. And frankly, after being on the board that wrote the standards and everything else, the PHTA guideline for maintaining two to four parts per million of chlorine doesn't work. And new guys get the impression that as long as the chlorine level is between two and four, that it's okay. And frankly, it's not okay under all conditions. And it's not okay as the cyanuric acid builds up. And so we have developed a program that we use a percentage of cyanuric acid as the free chlorine residual. And it's being accepted by virtually everybody and service guys in particular, because it works. And the percentages are 7.5% of cyanuric acid is the free chlorine level you should maintain in your pools. And if you're going to use Borate in your pools, which we can talk about later. But if you add borate to your pools, you can lower the 7.5 level to five. So your the chlorine level you need to maintain is five percent of cyanuric acid. And you can see from that statement about the earlier question: if we use trichlor in the pool, and the cyanuric the cyanuric acid goes up by thirty parts per million or twenty five parts per million this month. What's 5% of 25 parts per million? It's 1.25 parts per million more. So as the cyanuric acid builds up, you need more. But if you're going to use liquid chlorine, cyanuric acid doesn't build up. So you can continue to use the same chlorine level all the time. It makes it easier to maintain for that pool. So the goal, of course, is to do, and I'm trying to get this phrase and use of this term out there for people. We want to prevent bather-to-bather disease transmission. And those are the words I want to get people to start using, bather-to-bather disease transmission. And so what we want to do is prevent people from getting a disease. And if you get in the pool and you leave off, by the way, each person has about 100 million bacteria on them, not all of which are bad, by the way, but they have about 100 million bacteria on them. They get in the pool, and then I get in the pool, and I get $100 on me. What prevents us from cross-contaminating each other? And the only thing that does that is a residual. And so you can talk about ozone and UV and AOP and free radicals and all kinds of stuff. But if it doesn't provide a residual in the water, then there's nothing to prevent you from making me sick and from me For making you sick. There's nothing in there to prevent that. And the residual is the only thing that does that. And the residual is tied to the amount of cyanuric acid that's in the water. So we have to provide enough chlorine to prevent that from happening. And the easiest thing to do was to monitor it by how much chlorine it takes to kill algae. And so we found out how much chlorine it takes to to kill algae. And then we use that calculation in how much chlorine we need. And so that's how we arrived at the 5% and the 7.5%. So the number one priority is to, to make safe water. The second thing that homeowners are going to look at is the clarity of the water. And it's not such a thing about safety. It's a matter of how cool it looks. And the bottom line is, and if you've been a pool guy for very long, you know, there are some pools that you go out to that just snap and sparkle and others are kind of dull. And that snap and sparkle is not an accident. It happens on purpose and it happens when you got things where they're supposed to be. And so you need to pay attention to the targets that we recommend. And I would say to every pool guy, young, new, old, you know, doesn't matter how long you've been in the industry. If you're a pool service guy, stop using ranges. That's the biggest thing you can do. Forget about ranges. Start using targets. And I started recommending using targets uh, about seven years ago. And people that have switched from ranges to targets It makes people understand water better. And what it does is it reduces the range to one number. And then you've got one number to deal with. And then everybody, including somebody that doesn't know the first thing about pools, knows whether it's on target or not. That makes it easy. The problem with ranges is that they were designed to say you can keep it anywhere between here and what you need to keep is up to you. But nobody uses it that way. They use it like, okay, I measured the chlorine, it's between two and four, so I'm good. And my answer to that is, no, you're not. You know, Maybe you need 3.5 parts per million of chlorine in that pool. That's still between two and four, but if you're only keeping two, you're going to have a problem. So you need to pay attention to targets. And targets are A great way to make sure that everything is there. The other thing you need to pay attention to is circulation and filtration because, with new various variable speed pumps and people trying to save money on electricity and chlorine and everything else, the homeowner is going to want to not run the pump uh, because they think it's expensive and you need to run the pump because you need the filtration. And so, somewhere in the middle lies where the water where what's going to happen. And a lot of pools, you could fix their problems if they just would circulate the water more. Because one of the things that circulation does, including filtration, but circulation brings new sanitizer to all areas of the pool. And if the if the pool water is not moving, that means that an area that has a biomass or a Uh, algae growing, it uses up the chlorine that's in its area right around it. And then there's nothing to keep it from growing. And if the water is moving, if it uses some of the chlorine that's right near it, some more chlorine's coming right by. So it, it kills the stuff that's in the pool. So you need to keep the water moving. You also need to get three turnovers in the pool. And if you don't know what a turnover is, I hope you do, but it's the amount of water that's in the pool Divided by the gallon per minute, the pump will pump, and so you need to make sure that you get three turnovers a day in your pool. And the reason for that is when you have a body of water that's recirculating, in one turnover, you only get about sixty-five percent of the water filtered, and when you you get two turnovers, it's up around eighty-five, and then. If you get three turnovers in the pool, it's about 95. So we can get 95 effective filtration with three turnovers. So you need to get three turnovers in your pool. And however long that takes at whatever pump speed you have it at is what you need to do. If you don't do that, you're not getting proper circulation and filtration. And that affects how well your pool is going to look. So uh, we need to do that. So we need to maintain the chlorine. We need to maintain clarity. We need to maintain filtration. I think these are the big things and maintaining that chlorine level can get to be a problem because you're going to need about one part per million of chlorine per day in your pools in the summer, more or less, depending on whether it's in the shade or you know, how the sun comes when, you know, maybe part of the building blocks uh, uh, the sunlight to the pool. But all in all, you're going to need about one part per million of chlorine per day in each pool. And when you add then bathers to that, you can have a demand of chlorine of about 10 parts per million per week. And so that's how much you need to get in there per week. And you can't put 10 parts per million in the day you're there. So, you need to supplement that with something. Most guys end up supplementing it with trichlor, which causes a problem with cyanuric acid. But then, because it's so easy to just increase the chlorine level by opening the the floater of the feeder more, that becomes the, the main source of chlorine, and then you get a lot of cyanuric acid in there. So, we're trying to prevent you guys from doing that. And one of the one or two ways is you can actually add a, a liquid feeder, which is a, a peristaltic pump that you can pump in amount of liquid chlorine a day, just like you do with a, a feeder for trichlor. You open the valve and, and adjust it so it, it supplies an amount of chlorine. So you can calculate how much you need to put in one part per million of chlorine every day and then have the, the peristaltic pump pump it in there. So. That's one of the ways. You can also use a thing like the, it's called the liquidator, uh, which is a tank of chlorine that relies pretty much on gravity instead of a a pump that you have to use electricity for. It just gravity feeds chlorine into the pool. Um, So that's a, a way. You can also leave some chlorine with the homeowner and ask them to take care of it. Alternatively, you can get a there is a Cal-hypo that's being made now that uh, is designed to be put in the skimmer. And so the skimmer can actually work as a feeder. Um, although I kind of disagree with putting any chlorine product in the skimmer. But I think that the problem is that kids want to reach in through the, the skimmer door, through the weir door, and see what's in there. They want to open the lid on the deck and see what that is. And it's a tablet of chlorine. Chlorine is dangerous and toxic and everything. And kids are going to pick it up and say, oh, look at this. Let's throw it around. Let's play with it. So kids, kids I think will be it's kids. not a, I, you know, it's good to be a kid, but it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, I also think that floaters and feeders that look like toys should be banned. You know, I have seen And they try to make them more and more look like a toy. And that just makes them more and more attractive. You know, what's a a little kid think when he sees, oh, look, there's a duck or a froggy in the pool. I'm going to go play with it. You know, And they pick it up and the chlorine drips right in their face. You know, I just think that's not a good thing. But anyway, uh, back to our thing. I think those are important things you need to take care of. Um, Water clarity, chlorine level, making sure it's safe. And using targets, those are the big things. Also, if you want to save on chlorine, add borate to your pools. And I've told this to anybody, I don't make any money if you put borates in your pools. But believe me, borate is a great thing for the pool. It prevents algae. It's not an algicide so if you have algae, it won't kill it. But if you don't have algae and you put it in the pool, algae won't grow in your pools. And it's a one-time addition. You don't need to check it every week or add it once a month or anything. You add it one time. And when you've lost some water, you may need after months, you may need to to add a little more uh, borate back to the pool. But it's a one-time deal. The other thing that borate does, it keeps the pH from going up. It doesn't prevent it, but it slows it down and it makes it not go so high or so quick. And so um, it's a great chemical and it's easy to use. You just put it in once and you're done. Uh, And then you don't need as much chlorine in the pool because the board is preventing the algae. So the chlorine doesn't have to do that. So it's a a great chemical and anybody can use it.
2: I want to touch on the target versus the range, and that's been a really big thing for us here since you know we took your program your class and got our certification it has so many other benefits outside of just the chemistry piece of it at least for us anyways as we try to grow our company and we're bringing on new people that haven't been in this industry and haven't have that experience with chemistry and things like that. And what it allows us to do is you set the targets and so they have something solely to focus on. And as they're going through over time, they're able to kind of see if I let this level go high, if I let this level go low, or if I'm on target, here are the different effects of these things. Whereas the ranges don't really allow for that because it, well, you know we're eighty two we're we're supposed to be okay, so I don't really know if that had the negative effect. so having those targets to shoot for has been a huge thing for us as far as like the business side of thing, and it allows us to have better quality control on the service that we're providing so <clears throat> I really am a big believer in that now that you know we've learned that piece
3: Well, and it's true, and it it allows you you know one of the things that uh, that we teach, of course, is that if you're pH in your pool is going up that it has to be from one of three things. And the biggest reason that the pH is going up in the pool is you've got the wrong alkalinity. And if your alkalinity is high, it pulls the pH up. So you, you add some acid this week to lower the pH. The addition of acid is based on you getting to the right pH and not getting to the right alkalinity. So you put the pH at the right level the alkalinity pulls it right back up. And all you do is keep chasing that. And the fact of the matter is, if you got your alkalinity where it's supposed to be to a target of 90, then you can then adjust that 90 up or down. You know, and I tell people, listen, if you've been doing 90 and your pH is still creeping up, make your target alkalinity 80. And if 80 doesn't work, make it 70. You know, and get an alkalinity that allows the pH not to go up. And that's the point. You know, what we want to teach people is that we can make this pool stable. And if we make it stable where nothing's changing and all you've got is a chlorine demand every week, you go out, you put in a little splash of acid, you put in a, a usually a fixed amount of chlorine and you're done. The rest of it is just the maintenance. And that's the thing that makes it easy for you guys, because then you don't have to say, oh, my God, I got algae in this guy's pool, and now I got to take care of that, and I got to spend more time, and I need algaecide, and blah, blah, blah. And if you maintain the right chlorine level in the target, you wouldn't have that. You know, and Zach, I know that you have that happening with your guys. You don't have algae in your pools anymore. You're probably not even buying algaecide anymore. And if you're keeping the chlorine level right and the borate in the pools, you just don't have algae.
2: Absolutely. Next question, Bob, is, Bob, can you talk about the difference between sanitation and oxidation?
3: Yeah, I can. In a swimming pool, we don't actually sanitize the water. And I know that there's been terms passed around about Sanitation, oxidation, disinfection, sanitization, whatever that is. And so there's a lot of terms that's around. We don't actually sanitize water in pools. So it's not like it's sterile water in your pool. We control bacteria and algae. And the biggest thing that we do is we disinfect water. And disinfection means to prevent disease-causing organisms from causing problems to bathers. And there we get back to -to bather-to-bather transmission. But the bottom line is that we want to kill and disinfect the water. And EPA and the government uses the term disinfection when we come to water. So it's, it is a disinfectant, and it is, a, it is disinfection. So we want to, to kind of straighten that out. But disinfection means to kill organisms, and oxidize means it can mean to kill organisms. But in a broader sense, oxidize means to destroy those things that need to be, that are organic or man-made things, that need to be oxidized, that don't kill anything. So we need to get rid of ammonia. We need to get rid of chloramines. We need to get rid of combined chlorine. We need to get rid of sunblock, deodorant, hairspray, uh, foot powder. You know how many different creams and lotions and personal care items do we have? And according to the household and personal products industry. Men use an average of seven personal care products per day, and women use an average of 11 personal care products per day. And all of those things are man-made chemicals, and some of them are even made to be waterproof. And as a result, when you put them in water, they don't, first of all, they come off of our bodies very easily when we're immersed. So, all that stuff gets into the water and it may or may not be difficult to oxidize because of the complexity of the molecule. So, some of the stuff that's supposedly waterproof is very difficult for chlorine to oxidize, to get rid of. And so, we want to get rid of that stuff. We also have a lot of sweat and urine. And saliva and things like that that get into the pool from our bodies. And we need to to oxidize that stuff. And it's full of amino acids and proteins and stuff. And we need to get rid of that. And that stuff, if you don't get rid of it, combines with chlorine, makes the pool smell, but it also then makes irritating chloramines, combined chlorine and disinfection byproducts in the pool. And then, Those are all irritants. And so then you get eye irritation and skin irritation. We get incomplete destruction of of bacteria and algae, and then things start to happen with the water not being safe anymore. The difference between them is one is to destroy and oxidize organic contaminants, and the other is to kill disease-causing organisms. And I think that's as plain as I can make it.
1: Guys, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll continue with Bob.
0: The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals as industry leaders we will fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business.
1: What we've done guys is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it. And by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data.
0: It is the only course that as you enter your data to our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you're making or losing. It's that simple. We talk about the metrics.
1: We talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software.
0: By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage and how much money you are actually making.
1: And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and
0: they've made some adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training utilizing our software you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates visit www. .poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online.
1: Welcome back everybody to the Pool Nation live podcast. We are talking to Bob Lowry. We're talking water chemistry. For those of you listening, John is out. He is working on his skincare product line. He will be back next week. Zach, I think he's going to probably start taking a lot of heat on that on that one on social media. So, but I think he's got the perfect name for it: flawless skincare products.
2: I think he needs a beard care product. The beard care care product.
1: Maybe he'll add that to the to the line right there. You know, just kind of get in there and the. Oops, sorry. The flawless uh, skincare product. So, John, uh, you're going to have to forgive us for that one. So,
3: so sorry, he's Bob. going to become the Mary Kay of the pool industry? Correct. That
2: That's <laughs> just it. We were just as shocked as you are, Bob. That is, that is
1: exactly it. So, he's going to be the next okay. Mary Kay. The question, Bob, will be if he's gonna adopt the the same Mary Kay thing with the kind of multi-level kind of sales thing to it, or if he's just gonna go straight Nordstrom line where he just kind of has the products at the highest price. So it'll be interesting to see what he does.
2: He needs to do pink cars and everything.
1: Yep, so the, the yep. pink flawless trucks. So Bob, when it comes to water chemistry, would you say that pH and alkalinity is the biggest problems for a new pool tech?
3: I think it's a problem for new or old pool techs. I, I think that they, they realize they're connected, but don't realize how connected and how one affects the other that much. And so they just don't get that. And it's hard to understand that, frankly. So it is a difficult adjustment. And to give you an idea of how difficult the adjustment is, I first made a product called the pool acid dose calculator. And believe it or not, with all of my knowledge and all of my contacts and everything else, it took me 13 years to develop that product. And I put it on the market in 2013. And in 2015, I began working on a, a similar product that would actually raise or lower pH instead of just lower because I, you know, we need to do both. So I started working on that. And five years later, I was able to come out with a pH alkalinity. Adjustment tool, which is now an app you can buy, and you can own it for $8. It's not a subscription. It's not an annual fee. You actually buy it and own it for eight bucks. And uh, it tells you the amount of chemicals you will need to adjust the pH and alkalinity to whatever you want it to be for any size pool or spa. It doesn't matter. But in the, the final version, There are 111 calculations that need to happen when you only want to change pH and alkalinity. There's 111 calculations that are made in that app to adjust them. So you can see it is incredibly complex and everything affects it. And so it's not as simple as can I put this amount of acid in and will it change the pH and alkalinity the same in every pool? The answer is no. And it's because of the starting pH, the starting alkalinity. It even matters how much borate and cyanuric acid you've got in the pool. And it even matters how much calcium hardness you got in the pool and the temperature. So you've got all of these things that can affect how much acid you put in the pool. So having a chart that says you need this much acid is totally worthless because the chart doesn't actually... Ask you what the pH and alkalinity starting are, what you want it to be, what the cyanuric acid is, the borate level, the hardness level, and the temperature of the water. It doesn't ask you any of those things. So, finding out how much acid or bicarb or soda ash or even aeration you need to adjust the pH is incredibly complex. And I've reduced it to something that you can just put in the conditions in your pool put in the current pH and alkalinity, and tell it what you want it to be, and it'll tell you what to do. And it has taken forever to figure it out. It is important, and it's something you need to do, but I believe the targets help you get to the adjustment point a lot easier because you're not trying to just get to a level. You know, the pHT level for total alkalinity is from a minimum of 60 to an ideal of 80 to 120 with a maximum of 160. My God, really? What pool doesn't have 60 to 180? You know, every pool is in there. So what is the point of having a range so broad? So what I do is I say, listen, your total alkalinity should be 90. And that's it. That's the target. And it then makes it easy for you to go out to a pool Make a test and say, okay, my pH is 7.3 and my alkalinity is, is 70. What do I need to do? You know, you need to raise them both. You put in a little bicarb, you aerate, and you're done. And before that, all you're doing is saying, well, hell, they're both in range. I'm going to I'm leave it alone.
1: And that's the thing. That's, you know, exactly when I started, that's what you learned. You know, here's the range. And if you're kind of within those ranges, you're good. And then you take a look at it years later and you're like, would have solved so many problems if I just would have had those targets from the beginning back then. <laughs> and you start thinking about, Bob, the, the pools that gave you such a nightmare and such a hard time. And now it's like,
3: click, it just may all make sense. Well, you know, I've told this story must be 500 times already. But a service guy that's in California, he's also on the board of the PHTA for the Recreational Water Quality Committee. And he's a service tech board member. And he got a copy of my book, which is called Pool Chemistry for Service Pros. And you can get a copy from Amazon. But he got a copy of my book at the Western Pool and Spa Show in March of 2018. And I met him for a meeting in July at the Recreational Water Quality Committee. And he stood up in that meeting and he said, My name is is Rich, and I am. A board member on the RWQC. And I got a copy of Bob's book in March at the Western Pool and Spa Show. And I have 238 pools on service. And I have six guys working for me. And from March until now, I've saved $30,000. And 20% of my pools used to be problem pools. And now I don't have any. And he said, My customers are happy. My techs are happy, and I'm making more money so he said it's a it's a win every way we can we can do it and that's just one testimonial and I don't believe in testimonials so much, but this was a a real guy that unannounced said that in a room full of PhD chemists uh, that are on that board and they were all just amazed and so people are still amazed by the program that i created that, that just makes it easier to take care of, of the pool and makes it stable. And that's the, the
2: goal. Next question. Bob, you mentioned that liquid chlorine will not raise pH, but is it the same for CalHypo?
3: It is actually the same for CalHypo. Neither one of them will raise the pH of the pool. And technically, if you could find it, it would be the same for lithium hypochlorite as well. So, any of the hypochlorites uh, will not raise pH. And this simple understanding is that most of you guys know that when you put chlorine in water, you make HOCl, hypochlorous acid. That's the killing form of chlorine. So, you know when you put whichever kind of chlorine you put in the water, you make HOCl. It's not too difficult then from a, a chemical standpoint. To understand, when that chlorine degrades, whether it's from sunlight, from oxidizing something, from disinfecting something, it loses an oxygen because it oxidizes something, right? So it loses the oxygen and becomes HCl instead of HOCl. The HCl is hydrochloric acid. Another name for hydrochloric acid is muriatic acid. We have made hydrochloric acid from hypochlorous acid, and the hydrochloric acid that is made is almost exactly equal to the amount of hydroxide that was added when we added the liquid chlorine or the calcium hypochlorite. They cancel each other out. They don't do it instantly, obviously, but ultimately, the net pH change is zero.
1: Bob, next question. Do I need to use the LSI at each pool
3: every week? Frankly, if you use the targets that I tell you, you will not need to use the LSI. The targets are, will give you almost a, almost a perfect LSI if you're on target for all of them. So the answer is no, you don't. But if you want to check it just to be sure, you can. And there are plenty of online things and places you can get the LSI. You can get a great LSI calculator is from the National Plasters Council, NPC. You can get the NPC LSI for $4.99. And it's a one-time purchase, five bucks. And you can calculate the LSI anytime you want to. That calculator does not give you any recommendations. It just calculates LSI. And you can play with the numbers and see what it takes to balance the pool. But um, it's a great LSI calculator. I wrote the program for it. It is a great calculator, and it's got nothing but the exact equations and algorithms in there that calculates it down to the 10 decimal points. (laughs) It's a great little calculator, and you can use it to predict whether the water is uh, scale forming or corrosive or balanced just another tool that you should have in your, in your arsenal. Absolutely. Zach, just to let you know,
1: John is messaging me over here while we're kind of doing our podcast. And so I spilled the beans a little bit and said, be prepared because you're going to get an onslaught on social media (laughs) with your new flawless skincare. And he's going, what are you talking
2: about? (laughs) Tune in Monday.
1: (laughs) little does he know what's coming his way so i know obviously he can't hear us but he'll get that on monday so guys let's take a quick word from our sponsors and when we come back zach i want to get your final thoughts
0: the hyper pole from ultimate pool tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction go to ultimatepooltools.com or instagram at ultimate pool tools Now available, Pull Invoice. Pull Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pull service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pull Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business.
1: What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data.
0: It is the only course that as you enter your data Into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple.
1: We talk about the metrics. We talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software.
0: By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage and how much money you are actually making. And
1: we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments
0: with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training utilizing our software you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www www.poolnation.online It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online Welcome back, everybody. We
1: are talking to Zach. We're talking to Bob. We're doing a deep dive into water chemistry. A lot of great points here with Bob. And we're kind of towards the end of our podcast. Zach, let me get your final thoughts. Well,
2: I've said it. Many times, but I love these Q and A episodes with Bob. You know, properly maintaining a swimming pool is not as simple as most people think. It's actually very technical, and even though we've asked Bob some of these questions before, I personally learn something new every time. You know, there's a ton of knowledge to be learned about all different parts of our industry, and it's impossible to learn it all in one run. And you could take classes or listen to podcasts or whatever, but a week later, you're most likely only going to have retained a fraction of what you were taught. At least that's how it is for me. There's certain things that I have to hear repeatedly before I actually grasp it. So I want to say thank you to Bob for continuing to come on with us and answer these questions from the pros out there. Again, I learn some new things every single time. And other than that, I hope everyone has a good weekend. And for the people in the cone of Tropical Storm, Ida, be safe and you know just be alert. Absolutely. I have to agree.
1: Now, for those of you, we do the podcast live. We had some issues. We're still doing some video recording today. Zach, I want you to look at Bob's video. Doesn't it seem like he's sitting in an airplane and that's kind of like the the backdrop or is it just me that's kind (laughs) of saying that? It looks like it. (laughs) It looks like it. So, Bob, we don't know if you're on your private jet flying out to the pie show or what, but you totally look like. So, guys, we will post that on social media so that you can see Bob flying his private plane out to California. So, um, yeah,
3: it just looks like that. I'm flying my office. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so guys, I, I'm in complete agreement. And I really love this podcast today, Bob, because you did some some good diving into, especially for those pool guys that are starting brand new. And I go back and I remember when I was starting and I didn't have that information. And now looking at it, kind of like one of the things Zach was saying, there's you know, so many problems that it would have solved for me and made my life a lot easier. So I hope that these podcasts help those newer pool guys that are getting out there, that are getting started on what are the key points to really begin with in their journey. Guys, normally I say, Zach, John, thank you for your time. But today, Zach, thank you for your time. Bob, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate you always coming on and doing some educating for us. We hope that you have a great time at the show in California. Be safe, and we are starting to really look forward to our show in November, which is
3: right around the corner. yeah, I'm looking forward to being uh at the show in Dallas and finally getting to uh to see you guys in person and uh, I'm hoping that we have a successful show in monterey. Um, they had some problems with that show and lack of attendance before the pandemic, and then the pandemic cancelled it and so this is our first attempt to to reopen so I'm hoping that people aren't going to stay away that they're going to come to the show and it's successful because I frankly believe that if this show is not successful that would be three years that it's not been successful and and that's probably one of the you know the final nail in the coffin for that show and I hate to see it go away because it's been a good show up there so and it's usually full of educational stuff so I'd hate to see it, hate to see it go. But anyway, I'm going to do my part and I'm glad to finally get away from Peru. I've been, uh, we've been pretty much on lockdown, uh, in Lima where the borders are closed. We can't go anywhere for, for about a year here. So, uh, it's been 18 months since I have left Lima and I usually come to the U S about, uh, three or four times a year and do a little traveling around South America. Uh, in addition to that, so um, I'm looking forward to getting out a little bit here. So uh, before before my health gets too bad and I get too old or too sick to do very much, but I'm trying.
1: Absolutely. Now, Zach, I could just picture. So you, me, and John got together and we were complete goofballs, right? So we, Bob, I don't know if you saw the video. We did a video where we we're doing our photo shoot. And of course, I went first and these guys were literally heckling me while they were while I was getting my pictures taken and all that kind of stuff. So then John had to go next. So then I turned the tables and did a little Instagram live. So I kind of videoed it while. And so he was being a goofball. The photographer was cracking up. Megan was cracking up. So Zach, now what I'm going to wait and see if happens is we add Bob to the group and see how Bob is going to behave and whether Bob's going to goof off or he's going to be like, you know what? You guys are just too
2: immature. You guys just need to go away. <laughs> John had me crying. So we'll, yeah. we'll see.
1: But I have a feeling, I have a feeling that Bob's going to jump right in. For some reason, I have that feeling that he's <laughs> going to just jump right in and he's not going to stay off that train. So we'll have to record some of that as well. So <laughs> Anyways, guys, have a great weekend. We will talk next week. Thanks so much for your time. Talk
3: soon, guys. Bye. See you all all next time. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening
0: to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com on Facebook or on Instagram at Pool.Nation and to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com It's the first platform dedicated Dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolmanUniversity.com. Pool
1: Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.